Hello, everybody. Dale, Dale Curtis, Curtis. Ask the Pool Guy. And Sandy Mackey. Ask the Pool Girl. You got it. Right? I have to say that we have moved our office several times in the last several years. And we are currently enjoying the outdoor space at our current office and most exceptional office it gets a little silly when we tell our suppliers every year just about that we have a new address however one of the things that moving does is it allows us to freshen up our space our attitudes and our environment every time we do it and it breathes like new energy and life into it and we've talked about how our philosophy as a company is that we're a perpetual startup company so we innovate and change and grow all the time and I think for people who never move during their lifetime it's easy to see how just even in a house you become conditioned to your environment it becomes very mundane and routine and when you have the opportunity to move, you get to reinvent new spaces and places and new outlooks, and it very much interrupts your patterns. The, the funny thing is, when I think of how we move perpetually, it's not like we rent a place, have a lease, and then go somewhere else. We buy the place, <laughs> move in, buy another place, move out, and, and it's worked for us. It's been uh, a wonderful thing. But I think there is something to that. It keeps our creativity alive. It lets us always be fresh and forward thinking and not getting stagnant. Even in the cool spaces we create in the offices, this keeps us from stagnating because there's that next thing. And I have to admit, they keep getting cooler and they keep getting better. And this is a, a fabulous space. The last place was awesome. This place is way more awesome, way better. And is this a final resting home for us? No idea, but this is a really cool space with a lot of potential for us. I just had a thought that I figured I would share. So when we take time and we do masterminding or we do marketing club, I always have a notebook with me and I know you always have a notebook with you as well. And we write down observations from the meetings, but then we also just write down kind of anything that comes to mind. Introspection And stuff. I remember very distinctly that when we were at our last office, or the office before that, let's go back two offices. So two offices ago, I used my magic notebook to write down something about needing a place for semi-deliveries because the location that we were in while it worked well for everything else, it didn't work well for semi-delivery. So the next office that we chose was good for semi-delivery. And then what we found out is the township didn't really love how we use the space, nor did they enjoy our creativity and our fabricating on site of things. So again, I used my magic notebook and I had written down the qualities that our new landing spot needed to have. It needed to have a pole barn. It needed to have easy access for semis. It needed to have ample space. And as a bonus, this one has living quarters. So when anyone finds themselves 
in the zone of work mode, they don't necessarily have to go home at the end of the day. So anyway, long story to say that projecting or law of attracting or whatever you'd like to call it, when you are able to visualize sometimes the next step in front of you or the next several and you write it down and then you wait, it'll find you. I think the bonus to all of that, we had all of those criteria, but this is just a cooler place. You know, I mean, so, I mean, that, that's probably a part, maybe that was part of your, I probably didn't even have a budget on there. Mm -hmm. And that secret of the magic notebook is you write it down and you get out of the way. You don't worry about how, because had I worried about how to afford something with all of the amenities that we needed, it would have driven me crazy. Mm -hmm. But I think I wrote it in my book. I probably didn't talk about price and the, most beautiful opportunity came yeah, up. Yeah, there front couldn't of have been a better place to land. Yeah. This is well, this place I've been looking at for years and it has been in love with this place for years. And here we are and now it's ours and it's sensational. You keep talking for a minute. I'm gonna And go it's get a, a wonderful refill. thing. Okay. So on that note and talking specifically about law of attraction or Keeping yourself fresh, I think, is the most important in what we do. Life is so easy to get caught up in a routine and get up, get caught up in a way. Recently, someone had asked me, what is my morning routine? And I told them I don't really have a routine. I just do the next most important thing. So it was kind of an interesting conversation. But what I've come to realize is to stay creative, getting out of your own way becomes a necessary tool and you have to continually work at getting out of your own way. I certainly have to get out of my own way a lot. And Sandy talking about the magic notebook, it's, it's unleashing those thoughts onto paper and then letting them go. And I think how important that really is for the creative sign, the creative, are they back there? Yep, they're just laying behind okay. hiding. Being creative, which leads me, I mean, I was just kind of rambling on while you walked away about the importance of staying fresh and having new ideas and being creative and we get so caught and trapped in, in our patterns. Whether it's, I, I remember recently someone asked me about my morning routines and I don't have a morning routine. There's not a, I don't have a process of what I do in the morning. It's just sort of you roll with what's next. You know, I've thought about what your morning routine must be like, and it was a great launching point for what I'm sure will become a team meeting game in the future, which is the alarm clock goes off, get the pool guy garb on, put your boots on, and uh, grab, I don't even know what you grab, probably your phone and you know headphones and then you're in the car on your way if i'm not already still wearing the clothes that were the night before and well that was going to be the next part it's when you got home at the end of the day tired and then you just put a new layer on the next day so maybe this is going to include like six layers of sweatshirts it might it might this is a really good topic of something that's been been grinding away in my head now for weeks 
and thinking about our industry and thinking about the creatives in our industry. And there's some amazing designers in the pool industry. They're really good at design. And there's known names that most of us in the industry know. But you know what there just aren't enough of? Good artists. It's all, the industry is design driven and it's mechanical in nature and how things are put together and how good design is, but there's very little creativity from an art standpoint, from a sort of a free spirited love movement of just finding the yummy in things. And I'd like to start changing that somehow. I don't know how, but that's been on my mind a lot lately. I have an idea. Okay. Let's hire a camera person to document our artistic process each and every day on a fabulous, exciting project, the likes of which nobody has ever seen before. That's a great idea. We should do that. I wonder what it would take to do that. Mm. Probably having a fabulous project, having a person film it all and who knows what else you do with it and a customer that is willing to play along so let's talk mm -hmm. about the industry becoming more artistic mm -hmm. and being able to tell stories the way that we tell stories with our team and then with homeowners that are willing to participate so the homeowners of the pirate pool where we are filming this epic living legendary part reality, part documentary, always legendary experience. The homeowners initially, when we talked about photos or video, actually, I think it was even the party that had come up. He had said, yeah, I don't think that we'll really be comfortable inviting random people into our backyard. And we know you like to do parties. Hopefully you're okay with that. And I think at the time I said, yeah, that's no problem. And then when they came to the pool show to pick up their model, I stood behind when you were giving them the model and I took some pictures. I may or may not have taken any video. I should look through the archives. And the homeowner sat down with us, Anthony and Wendy, and we had a little bit of a conversation reminding them that we love to take video and photos and wondering very gently if we could include them in some of what we we're doing because the full-fledged TV show I don't think was happening at that point yet and Wendy said she didn't care and then Anthony said sure I believe a bit reluctantly and a bit hesitantly and knowing how much footage we have of Sir Anthony <laughs> Captain Anthony no. Captain Anthony well he started as Sir Anthony and then he did get his own ship um, yeah, that, I don't know what his basis was, maybe just the unknown. Could be. And now it's known, and I have a, a term for you that I think might qualify for Captain Anthony as well, a reluctant media yes. lover. Yep. Yes. That's what we got. I think there's a time and place for everything and when people don't know what they don't know including what I didn't know this would turn into when you said you were going to put a camera on me over the last eight years you don't know the outcome so you're less likely to do it there was no for me there was no known path of what happens when a camera's turned on you 
for all those years and you you're living your life and you're talking as if you're just living your life and talking and and next thing you know it's being captured everywhere and it's not just a few home videos where you're caught sitting around the Christmas tree or whatever I I picture uh, uh, an old family home movie I was probably two at Christmas you know tooling around the Christmas tree and you know so you kind of think okay what that's what you're you anticipate it being and yet do you think we could find that footage I'm sure we probably could we'd have to uh, get a super 8 film and and put it together but I'm sure we could come up with that but anyway so you put a camera in front and don't look don't understand the the outcome and what it's going to be and I think that's the same thing with the homeowners they're hesitant and yet then they get involved and in love with the project and they don't they don't want us to leave even now they don't want us to leave he was sad when Kaylee was loading up all of the extra pirate stuff we have and I'm like when well, I'm not taking it out of here we're putting it in my truck it'll be in my truck so as we need it and he was like but there's a bar to decorate but there's a but there's a but there's a because it's like <gasps> let's talk about that and our magic notebooks and how we have been evolving and every project innovates in a new way and I believe it also helps provide clarity for the homeowner or the customer that we're looking for and all of those things that somebody could do to be an ideal customer the Tilatis are doing they love the design couldn't settle for anything less they wouldn't have imagined talking to anybody else about the pool they have been so proactive making sure that we have draws when we need them and offering it anything. asking yep. if mm -hmm. it's time yet because they want to be prepared along with I don't think once they've said how long is this going to take when are you going to be done when can my kids go swimming I'm sad that it's taking so long not one time not once no so in terms of being the ideal customer interactive the whole family is involved all of it they are spectacular yeah. And I think I can speak for the entire team in saying that when people are that spectacular, our team wants to do as much as they possibly can. Way over. Uh, it's each one of us, every single day, you can ask any of them, want to give more. Not want to get done with the job, not tired of the drive and want to be done and get over it, but rather every single day, Every day, new ideas come up. What else can we do? Oh, we got to use some of Ricky Bobby's idea over here. He's thrown out so many that we haven't done. We got to do this one. It was the conversation yesterday. Okay. We got to use that one. And and it was actually, it's a great idea. So we have, we have the bar and we put a barrel on each end of the bar and a half a barrel in the middle. Well, the two barrels on the bar, they set the one when I was gone and they set it down low because the bar is higher. And I kind of wanted it up high and we'd build something underneath it. But we left it and we did the other one that way. And the middle one is going to be raised. And Ricky Bobby came up with the idea of carving books underneath. And each of the books would be like Treasure Island. Uh, you know, each of these pirate fantasy books. Oh, that's awesome. And you go, how can you not do that idea? Now, is it in the budget? Do we have the money for it? Do we have the time for it? It doesn't matter. It's an idea that has to be so that the bottom of that barrel under that bar, 
there'll be a book that says Treasure Island. There'll be another book that says Pirates of the Caribbean. There'll be another book that says Gulliver's Travels. You know, and it's a stack of books that this wine, this is whiskey barrel is sitting on top of. Oh, that's excellent. And how do you not do that? You can't. How do you go, ah, okay, this is costing us too much money. Let's stop now. You can't. No, you absolutely You can't. have to deliver it, and you have to deliver it with a smile and be happy every day. So, I know you are doing that, and that idea, including the idea that Rick had, I think that this is just worth mentioning for you because it is so normal to you that you and Karen and the people who are working on those parts every day, the boulders and the books and the barrels and all that kind of stuff, it's part of your routine. I think every member of our team and even the homeowners, when they are able to change something physically on the pool, meaning carve their name in something right on the wall, form a boulder, string the light so the eyeballs glow in the skull, whatever that is, even if it's a tiny piece, there is so much ownership and being a part of something so spectacular that goes into that, that I've seen people be so proud of carving this like lump of formless substance on the side of a pool that resembles a or rock. Or painting a rock. They are or so proud of it. Well, then I have a story for you. Anthony came out the other day. And he said, my mother's giving, giving me some coins from my grandmother. She collected coins. And my mother wants you to put them in the project so that my grandmother could be here. And I got to thinking about that. That because this space is magical, mom wants the memory of her mother in it. And Anthony goes, well, well, well mom... Are they valuable coins? What are they? And the mom goes, I don't care. I have so many of, I, she had so many coins. She just needs to be a part of this. I meant to tell you that story. So Karen had said, we have some spots under the bar to carve. We'll make sure, get, get us the coins and we'll put them in there. So we don't know what they are. We don't know if they're silver dollars. We don't know if they're whatever they are. But mom wants grandma to be a part of this. That's that ownership. That's saying, how can it, we all leave a piece of ourselves right where we're at? No, but they, I, we would have heard them get out if they went that way. Oh. I imagine they're sleeping somewhere here. And it's like I was digging holes where there's just that you know, monument from the Aztecs that we mm. unburied in the backyard and they're hiding behind it and then you can't see. Mm. I'll have to put a mirror up there, like when you're trying to back That's out of a funny. driveway and mm -hmm. you can't see where you're going. Mm -hmm. So the pirate shipwreck. Let's relive the conversations that happened as our team several members on our team had the idea at the same time that instead of a simple waterfall ship that it needed to be something more. So I remember having an idea one day and mentioning to you, so what do you have planned for this pirate ship? Because wouldn't it be awesome if they could somehow swim in it? And I didn't envision at that point that it would be a whole cave 
because I was thinking, you know, it can't be that much more expensive to like make an open air area in the middle of it versus just making a ship. So I think that was my initial idea was this project is so cool. Let's do this element of surprise where you can actually swim into the ship and then something happens. And then you can tell me what happened next. I think Karen has got something well, too. Well, somewhere at that same time, I was certainly having the thoughts, but I didn't have a dream about it like you or Karen did. I know Karen woke up in the middle of a dream that the, that the pirate ship needed to have a, have a, a cave inside of it. But my thought all along was, how do we create really cool, like, the booty? How do we create that, that yummy feel and look? And, and the obvious was a cave, you know, somewhere that you could put stuff. Right, and, and you were really struggling with theming it for a while. Can you imagine? I was. <laughs> Knowing what we know now, that you were a little worried about how you well, pull that together? Well, I was... Yeah. I was and always have been concerned when, when we're doing outdoor things as to how are things going to last outdoors and how can we build things that weather. Granted, they're going to need some updating. Five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, they're going to need some updating. But I'm always in that fr frame of mind of how can I do as much as I can and have it be as mainstream as possible. And I was certainly struggling with that. And then building the cave really simplifies a lot of that because now all of a sudden it's a dry space. Might be humid, but it's not gonna get rained on. So let's back up to the point where you were struggling with how you were going to theme it because I very much remember a conversation now. You were saying, oh, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this cave. And I believe my response was something along the lines of, have you ever messed it up before? Why don't you just wait and see what it tells you to do? Well, and that was good advice because, yes, we're not building off of a blueprint. We're building almost like a 3D printer would build, although it has a pattern to follow. It just starts putting stuff in places until it builds up. And that's how we do it without the final design. A 3D printer has a final design, what it's supposed to look like at the end. Ours is just sort of 3D printing on demand. That 3D printing from... A bulk of ideas uh, from, that just from just come this, from mm -hmm, wherever they mm -hmm. come from. So as we're building up, and I remember when we decided to put the grotto in, it was we had poured the initial footings, and then I cut a panel out, a step-down panel, so that there could be a swimming area. And I remember the homeowner asking me, saying, "My wife wanted me to ask you what that is," and my response was okay tell her you asked <laughs> and he went back to her and he said okay I asked and she said what did he say he said okay so you asked me <laughs> without giving them an answer and they obviously were pretty aware of what was going to happen there at that point they were surmising that they were getting something cooler and uh, then we just kind of had to build and, and when you're thinking three-dimensionally it has to look somewhat like a ship it's a shipwreck so you can have some forgiveness there but you have that shape you've got to build and it's got to be strong enough then to arch over to create the space inside and then you know so all of those things are continually going through my mind 
And as a matter of fact, the guy the other day walked into the yard and he goes, where did you buy that? <laughs> and I told him it was out of concrete and he couldn't believe that it was out of cement. He thought it was, uh, you know, a, a Hollywood piece that was, you know, designed in, in plastic and put on the side of the pool. And, you know, when you when you build that way, I couldn't see I, I knew what once we had the cave, I knew what I wanted it to be kind of that Goonies themed inside that there's just so much cool stuff to see but I couldn't see it totally although when we took down the pirate when I took down the pirate the hanging pirate from the office to bring it here for the party for the wedding I went there alone I think Mo was in town but he was tired that night so he went home so I said I got it I went back I put a table I probably shouldn't even tell you, but I put the table under the pirate. I put a ladder on top of the table. No, I didn't. I put two chairs on top of the table with the board across it and another ch so I could get up high enough to unhook the, the pirate. Well, I got the pirate, I unhooked him. And as I lowered him to the ground, again, I'm teeter-tottering way up in the air. I laid him down and his head was on the ground and his feet were in the air. And I looked at him and I said, he kind of looks like he's laying down. And that was, that was then the beginning of, we don't need to buy a laying down pirate. We have one that's standing like this, but if I position him properly, it'll look as if he's laying down. And that, that was kind of the beginning therefore, of, he is laying therefore down he, is, he is laying down pirate man inside a cave. But so that, that was kind of that train of thought of how I, once I saw him, when I put him down, his his arms are like this kind of, so it was like he was resting almost. And when I saw that, that gave me the idea. Now it's better if his feet are way up in the air because it, it, the illusion was better. But the idea was, well, we could probably make that work for a pirate in the cave so that we didn't, number one, have to go out and buy a pirate to put in there or take him and, and cut him into pieces to make him work. And we just sort of, the space worked that, I, I had to finagle him in there. We had to twist and turn because he's one solid piece. And we got him in there, and I think it turned out perfectly. You know, as you're talking, my wish for, like, the entire world is that everybody would have the opportunity to be this creative in ideas in their life even just one time in their whole existence. Because think about that. Everything that you do, so you're... I mean, of course it would come up in everyday conversation. Well, I was taking the pirate down from the ceiling and I saw him on the floor and he was laying down and it looked like a laying down pirate. So I'm putting him in a cave. We Wait, doesn't that just get sound normal? to live such a legendary experience mm -hmm. every day, in every way. Every member of our team has that part of their like imagination they're tapped into because there is never a I wonder which spreadsheet I should put this on, or I wonder how I can make myself conform. Order this thing Instead, that will solve this problem. It's what wacky, creative, amazing, never been done before, make you feel surprised and delighted as if you were a child, Alice in Wonderland. Like we live that every, every single freaking day. Yeah, it That's is. That's magical. It is crazy. And people can live that way they just don't think they can anybody any given day can choose to be a little bit creative but 
most people have a hurdle and it's either a parent saying having said something to them or a friend offhandedly or a sibling going you know making a comment about who do you think you are you're not creative you're not this you're not that you're not good enough whatever those tapes are that race around in our heads immobilize people to the point that they can't do it unless there's a spreadsheet but think about it we were all like that when we, we were, were three. we were all and like four. that we mm-hmm. played with our imagination mm-hmm. and so many times I think kids develop that imagination and the parents watching it and saying, oh no, but we do it this way. Yeah. Instead of just letting them do it their way and seeing what magical wonkiness happens. And just protecting them around the edges so they don't fall off when they get yeah. hurt. But let them, let them play in that middle yeah. and you know protect the edge so the kid doesn't fall off. But let them play in the middle. Let them have a good time. And you know what? I was an adult before I started playing in the middle. You know, I, I, I was smart enough to stay away from the edges or to get to the edges and peek over where maybe you can't do that with a three year old. But I had all that same baggage. I had all that same. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not tall enough, short enough, skinny enough. Well, you know, I had all of those things. Who am I to think that I could do something really wacky, creative in the pool industry? And and, and who are you to think you could do? You know, I, how many times would you know? Oh, well, this is what we do. You I remember. Un- unnamed people saying, well, well, you can't have kids in your pool store. Well, you can't have dogs in your work environment. Well, you can't have, really? Really? So wait, this environment is about fun and family and everything else. And you're telling me that I will fail because I have my children as I'm struggling to start a company, make it work. I have my children running around, toddling around, playing with pool parts. You're telling me because of that, I'm going to fail. You know, it, so it goes it, it goes to that. Everyone's got this great advice, although they have no advice. They don't know what they're saying, but they say it because they think they're supposed to. Well, it, because it's the advice they think applies to their the, life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not yours. No. And, and once you break from that, and I even think I've had a lot of conversation recently. You know, I was on the fishing trip with, with Mo, and we were talking about moments, how moments change your lives. And he was talking about something that he should do with himself is go through and journal all of the moments that changed his life. And he so, he said some of them will be painful, but I'd have to face them and some would be whatever. And, and I encouraged him to do it. And I said, you know, I did for a marketing group. I did the whole, the, the five people that changed my life the most in terms of my career. And I said, I centered mine around in my career, but we could center around anything. And I, I used Ernie as, a, as because he gave me the first great opportunity that I to see that I could run my own company. And then Alex Attard and then uh, Albert Mango. And then the scenario when I saw the excavators in the backyard of that home. So I had these poignant moments. But I took each of those moments and did something with them and became aware of it. And most people... I, and most people just won't for whatever reason and creativity is the same way no one ever ordained me and said okay you go out and be creative and do just try crazy shit with pools instead everyone was do the norm don't do anything different be like everyone else go apples to apples to oranges to oranges give a better price give a better service give it whatever and do the same thing no one ever stuck their hand up and said you know you okay you now are allowed to go and do crazy. We had to choose crazy. 
we had to choose to not live the way that everyone else was living in our industry. Doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong. I'm, there's no judgment there. People can do whatever they well, want to do. It makes it right for us. It makes it right for us. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, not a cosmic right or wrong. I, we need all segments of our industry. I, I think we need all of them. I think that ours is the most underserved because I think there's enough of a customer today that just wants to be wacky and they can't find wacky. So you know what they do? They turn to a reality television show to try to find wacky. They someone do. that's super creative. And, and really what that comes down to, someone worked their ass off to get a TV show and they deserve a TV show because they worked their ass off for it. It doesn't give them any, any greater skills. It doesn't mean they're any better builder than anybody else in the world. And in most cases, they are no more creative. They're just popular. And that was, that was the case. The Tilates, as a matter of fact, had originally tried to communicate with said TV show, you know, and, but it was beyond their budgetary whatever. But that was the only way that they knew that they could find something different. But then it prompted the Google searching, which eventually for, found us. For the right types of words that w made them look for us, yes. Yeah. But prior to that, their only way of finding what they thought was going to be unique and crazy is, is a show that showcases, showcases their industry, which I love. I love the fact that it showcases their industry, but it doesn't show the what could be That part. might be about it. Though. That might be about it, yeah. yeah. So I had a recent conversation with someone, and I guess, I don't know if I'm trying to angle this with being advice or just an observation that sometimes it might be, on, be beyond some people's level of comprehension the way that we run our business and the way that I live my life. And in this conversation, it was living in this optimism, happy bubble that you live in that's just not normal. And being surrounded by the crazy pool projects that just become normal and the adventures of decorating an office and using my, my purpose with everything that comes in is to use stuff in a way that it was not originally intended. That delights me and I love that. And figuring out where people are coming from when they're having a bad day or when something's not flowing, that delights me. And having people feel magical, even at like the pool team meetings where I made the most epic game up ever for the last meeting, somebody said, where do you come up with this? And how I come up with it is I Google ideas and then I put my own spin on it. And I just love that. So I guess I don't think we should. So in the advice column, it's we shouldn't let people who don't understand us tell us the way things should be. We need to just smile and nod and say, I hear you. I understand you feel that way. And I'll just continue showing up and sparkling and being me. Mm -hmm. So Jesse was talking to Karen this morning about asking if she'd seen the video yet of our team meeting and Karen was like no something was just I saw the boat whatever and and Jesse had said well you if you'd watched farther you would have seen the rest of the, that and and Molly made the comment she said you guys have the weirdest team company meetings 
and Jesse said, oh no, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> it was really kind of a cool because it was this this whole moment of... We don't often get feedback like that no, from Jesse. No, At I least know. I don't. Mm-hmm. She's very no, serious she's, and doesn't she's, share. She's an awful lot like Dad in, in terms of, I don't want to just go do games and I don't just want to go do whatever, but... Well, on the heels Obviously, of, it was fun, though. Mm-hmm. We also have Zach, who started in the automotive industry, mechanical things. He likes working on cars. He came back this summer to work with us, and he loves it. He likes being outside. He likes working with the people that he's working with. Then he got this opportunity to go back to a car dealership to be able to work on cars, which he feels is more of his trajectory because mm-hmm. it's more of what he's attracted to. Mm-hmm. And he had asked one of our other team members even if he wasn't working for us did she think he could still come to the team meetings so that says something because that's another hard to read you never know know. they're having Mm -mm. a good time Mm -mm. but if you take the time to ask the question do you think i could come even if i don't work with your company anymore that's see that that tickles me that Mm -hmm. delights me Mm -hmm. that is probably the feeling in life that I live for. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if you noticed when you gave him the silver ticket then at the uh, thing to allow him to come back, and he said, is this for every meeting? So not like, can you just come back once for team meeting? He wants to come back for every team meeting. I think I missed that I was wrangling puppies, yeah. but yep. oh my goodness, mm-hmm. that is excellent. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, where in life would a, a 19 or 20-year-old kid, or a 50-year-old kid, or a 60-year-old kid, because Ricky Bob's almost a 60-year-old kid. He's a senior member. He's a senior member. <laughs> where in this world would you find the opportunity that, that we create each and every day for someone to just discover themselves and feel good about them? Whether it's a team meeting where it's uplifting and positive, it's not at all about who did anything wrong and it's not a corporate anything. Instead, it's about how can we celebrate the victories we've had that week and do it every single week, not not because we need to, but because we want to. That is one of the best things that we've done. I know when we started team meetings, we had occasional team meetings, and then mm-hmm. we did manager meetings like one week or kind of key player meetings, mm-hmm. and then everybody. And this year, we just went to... Team All meetings the time. every week. And people expect every Thursday they're going to be just have to have a meeting. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I've been surprised and delighted since moving to this location at the end of the team meeting. No one wants to leave. Nobody goes. It's like sometimes... You know, way back it, when even the, we even the last them, when we the last like few split all of a sudden the last few over at the other place were like that too though something was true. gelling something was happening yeah. where people were just not in a hurry to bolt out and go live their lives doing something else. It's not like it's a work obligation, but it's a an experience worth having. Therefore, yeah. it's worth just being giving, there, giving a little extra time to. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that is really cool. On the list of things that make me happy, that's one. So when you were talking about going through the people that have influenced you, I was thinking that is a very melancholy activity. And I guess it's just not for me because I have talked a lot in the past, maybe not on this podcast, but just in general, that when people talk about things that kind of influence them there's some people who are really good with dates and they could tell you the date they started Mm -hmm. this job and the date they did this and the date they did that dates really have no relevance to me 
And then there's people who can cite facts and figures and historical information. That's not me either. And then there's people who, like, there's a, a statistic that comes out, and there's, like, a measurement of a number of people or a number of impressions or something like that. And that's not me either. But what I do, I think, is synthesize information. So every experience that I ever have is kind of put in my memory bank to be tapped on by my imagination later. So in that whole Mo going to go through the defining moments in his life, I would not like to do that. What I would like to do is experience those defining moments, maybe without labeling them. Like when people say the team meetings are fun, can they come back even if they don't work with us? And people not wanting to leave. Those for me are defining moments, but I wouldn't want to make a list. Mm -hmm. I would sort of just want to be in the bubble with them and mm -hmm. go, and like have that moment of surprise and delight. So well, I that think was just I think personality. I, I think you live in that. You, you live in a yummy space. Be aware of so, of the person that doesn't hasn't afforded themselves living in the yummy yet, but they're trying to figure out how because they've got people around them that are living in the yummy and the, and they're wondering how they can get there. Sometimes you have to you have to play with your own mind to put yourself in the frame of mind any of this to make sense see because I go and I spend that time with him and I'm just living in the yummy you know we always have enough money it's and money is never our focus but we always just seem to have enough to do whatever we want to do and and that chaotic week that I was on that trip was a, a chaotic money week anyway with everything we had going and and money was never an issue because they didn't care about it enough it wasn't like it was like I'm driven to do this for money. Instead, I just kind of live in that la-la land, and I talk about it all the time, and I talk to him on the phone, you know, three times a week, sometimes more. So he, he knows that. But I think for him, he's caught in that corporate world, that university world, that whatever world that's all based on facts and figures and statistics and impressing people. And and I, I think that is a lot of what's really got him to try to be more introspective, to go, how did I arrive here? Because I took a very different path. We started off very similar places. But, but here's, here's the type of stuff that, that he mentioned that I think is amazing. He said, remember, I wish I could think of the guy's name. We were in Philip Getz. We were in sixth grade. I moved to New Jersey that year. And... I left Mo, and that's what I was. I basically he felt abandoned. I mean, we had all those years up to that, from age three to age ten or whatever it is that I moved, you know. And and we were the most important part of each people's lives, and I didn't have a choice but to go. And of course, I went. Philip Getz suggested that he read a book. He gave him a list of the the Hobbit series. And a book on algebra. So when the scholastic thing, I don't know if you're, if you're old enough to know at school they gave you that book that had things. Book orders, yeah. Yep. So that book order, Mo got the trilogy of the Lord, the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, which is very cool because he just, I brought that up to him, that book. He just gave those that trilogy that had sat on his desk for 40 years or 
38 years that sat in it on a bookshelf in his house he just gave to his daughter and that's and a wrap there's the puppies thanks for tuning in <laughs>